This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. I've got my fellow nerds, John Beeler and AJ Vickery in studio with me today. We've got a cool show. We will uh, be talking with the folks at Nextdoor. This is a new app for neighborhoods. It's hyper-local. It'll actually connect you with your neighbors. Hopefully you want to know your neighbors or like your neighbors, but it's got some really cool features if you need to find a babysitter or someone to walk your dog or concerned about uh, maybe the break-ins in the neighborhood. It's an app where you can talk with the people that are close to you. It's pretty cool. Should we be using it? I I signed up. It's neat. I like the idea just even for a strata building, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're going to be talking with the folks behind it and uh, you can decide for yourself whether you want to sign up or not. It's free. Uh, We will also be talking about the U.S. border. There have been a lot of uh, searches on people's electronic devices, their phones, their laptops. Uh, I guess the U.S. border people are looking for child porn or whatever. Marijuana. On your laptop? (laughs) Well, it's just (laughs) What do you keep in your laptop? (laughs) Not in the laptop, but you know, like whether or not you're involved in any companies that that um, that are basically selling marijuana. There's some strange stuff going on at the borders. There is. Uh, there's been a lot of stories. So what's interesting now, though, is a federal court in Boston has ruled that warrantless U.S. government searches of phones and laptops of international travelers at airports and, and the border uh, violate the Fourth Amendment. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Well, we'll, we'll be talking all about that and what that uh, means and how you can actually protect yourself uh, as well. Lots of stuff in the news tech-wise this week. I think the big one and it's been all over the news, is Disney+. Plus? Yes. They have entered the streaming wars. I'm going to call them the wars because it's going to heat up. And have you had a chance? You've had a chance, both of you. Yes. I know you signed up for Disney+. I literally Plus. took the day off to watch Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I love it. He works for us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still love it. <laughs> I watched it twice. I, 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 I am claiming to be the first uh, person in Western Canada to have um, actually logged in and successfully watched a show. We can't prove that in any way, <laughs> but... Because yeah. we'll you know how it, it crashed, right? Yes. It crashed it was in the so morning. popular. Yeah, yeah, and no one could basically watch any content. Well, I found a way to sort of navigate through the crash uh, to get to uh, some content. And the first show I watched... Try to guess it. Try to guess it. Try to guess it. Jumbos? Bambi. Oh, it was close. So you got up early in the morning, <laughs> worked your way through the crash yeah. to watch Bambi. Yeah, because try to find Bambi on, it's in the vault. You can't find it how, anywhere. How old are you? It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Did you cry? That, well, I, you know, I got sad. There's yeah. no question. So uh, it's interesting. A lot of companies are coming out with streaming services. Uh, We saw Apple uh, the week before launch Apple TV Plus. Now Disney's in the game, but Disney's got a pretty extensive catalog. It is shocking how much content they have. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean... Because they own everyone now. Well, yeah, because I can just keep buying up all these properties. Like they have 500 movies at launch. Like you mentioned, a lot of the good vault ones. There's stuff in there I hadn't seen since I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, who's got the VHS tape player of that? No, exactly. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, they have 7,500 TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing because you look at Apple's launch, Apple TV Plus, and uh, I'm excited because more competition yep. means more shows. And some of them are good. Uh, the Morning Show with Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, there was also, I think, All Mankind. For All Mankind. For All Mankind. Uh, love it. But 
they they don't own any studios. No, <laughs> it's just them uh, pouring money into making their own original content. So they don't have a large library. Can I say something about Disney? Just to go back to it, the app interface, excellent. Yes, like thank you for not screwing that up because it's when you could connect to it, it was great. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> yeah? Fair. Okay, they may not have had the number of servers they needed. I, in order I, to, I will say I didn't have didn't have a problem. I used yeah. I used my Apple TV 4K to yeah. connect to it. Yeah. And everything was beautiful. It was the highest quality version of Star Wars. Like the whole back catalog is there. Yeah. And but the navigation to shows how they sort of put things in recommend. Like even going to Star Wars, I like the way they lined up the uh, the or, the view order. You know, so you could actually like they actually lined it up in sequence of release of the movie. So you could actually you know. But they, but they also had collections. Yes. The, the same list. Yeah. Just different order because it's the Vader collection. Yeah, I love or that. Or the villains collection or love what that. you know whatever you yeah. know. So yeah. So you. You were happy. I, I just feel like when they get the app right, it's so great, you know, because I've seen lots of companies that have come out with um, these things where the app just isn't, I'm not going to pick on anyone, but where things don't work that well. Well, I'm going to pick on them. The, the, t- the, the companies that uh, basically are cable providers. The interesting thing, though, with Apple, or, or the, Apple gave it away, right, with the purchase of a, of a device. Yeah, for Apple TV Plus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with Disney, they had a monthly fee. Yeah. It's eight ninety nine. Yeah. Or for eighty nine dollars, you can get a year. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I yeah. did too. Yeah. Um, but do you use Rakuten? I know. I got that. <laughs> Everybody signed up for it. Uh, signed up for Disney Plus, and then we found out there was a big discount if you use Rakuten. Yeah. You get what 12, is Rakuten? Rakuten used to be called Ebates. Ebates. So you log into the service. It's like an affiliate link, and you you do your shopping through it, and they give you and a cash back. I use that for other yeah. for other sites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can yeah. actually get twelve fifty off of the price of Disney Plus for the year. For the year. Yeah. Oh, you guys got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just created another account. <laughs> but did you already pay the eighty nine? No, because it was on a free trial. Oh, which just started yesterday. Wait a minute, AJ. What? Maybe you can go back. Thanks, John. I, I'll buy you a five dollar coffee. Okay. <laughs> Split the day. <laughs> Uh, also in the news, uh, new MacBook announced uh, from Apple this week, a 16-inch version, one of the large, larger MacBooks that have been out there. Mm-hmm. I think they've had a 17-inch. They had well. a 17-inch, yeah. Yeah, But was uh, huge. I think a lot of people have been uh, waiting for this. Large screen, uh, they've improved the keyboard as well. Is this a, a big change, John? No. No. Well, I mean, it's, it's, good. it's a nicer size screen, I think, for some people. I actually opted for a 13-inch the last time I upgraded. And I downsized from a 15 inch, uh, but now you know as we're getting older, well, we want a bigger screen. Yeah, Phil Schiller was quoted to say that the inspiration for the keyboard—that's um, uh, Apple's marketing CEO, uh, CMO—said uh, that the inspiration was the Magic Keyboard okay. in terms of the of the sort of upgrade there um, with the keys that sort of are raised because a lot of people have been down on the the butterfly the butterfly yeah but um, um, they've also got the quite a bit of extended battery life as well. They're saying 11 hours. It's pretty good yeah. for 16 inch. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very good yeah. for a giant screen. And a, and a big investment in the speakers as well. So some pretty awesome surround sound. But it comes at a cost. Yeah. <laughs> the fully loaded version is about 6,000. I think it's US. What? Yeah. $6,000? Yeah. But that's is it, with like, is it like gold? Please? No, it's just full of RAM and hard drive space. Well, for professionals, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, quickly as well, if you are a Sonos speaker owner, uh, a lot of people have the multi-room Sonos speaker system in their home. Uh, now uh, you'll be able to use the free version of Spotify as a streaming service. Yeah. On there. 
Yeah, I subscribe to Spotify just for the reason of, <laughs> of Sonos. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But now you don't have to subscribe to Spotify. You can use a free I version. Know, I know. <laughs> well, you don't get all the features. Also, uh, big deals on Sonos stuff coming up for Black Friday. 20% off most of their speakers. Mm-hmm. It, I find it interesting with Sonos because I was kind of wondering what was going to happen with all the smart speakers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've, they've stuck it out and they're doing well. Yeah, they just work. Yeah, They're like the Apple of speakers. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have to take not, a break. Not the AirPod? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, when we come back from the break, we'll be talking with the folks at Nextdoor. This is a new app that gets you connected with your neighbors and your neighborhood. And uh, later in the program, are you worried about getting searched at the u.s having the border guards look through your phone your iphone or your laptop well there may be some good news you're listening to get connected here on the chorus radio network back after this you are back with get connected mike agarbo here in studio your neighbors do you know many of them how would you like to get to know them better in a good way well there's an app for that in studio i've uh, got christopher doyle he's the country manager for the next door app thanks for joining us thanks for having me Next door. Uh, I had never heard of this, uh, but I downloaded it, and I'm very intrigued. Give the uh, the listeners a Reader's Digest uh, version of what it's about. Yeah, for sure. So we just launched here in Canada in September. So Nextdoor is the trusted local app for your neighborhood. So this is really the place where we like to say like proximity over preference, right? So it's like, get to know the people in your immediate community. So this is a place where events are organized um, in your in your local neighborhood. It's a place where you're gonna help people find lost pets. It's a big use case for next door. And all that comes with your, your local community. So it's really is kind of to get connected to your local neighborhood. And as you said, you know, how many people really know their neighbors? We actually found uh, with some research that at least 40% of Canadians only know one or two neighbors really well. So that means they don't know a lot of the people on their street. And we believe that, you know, communities are a lot healthier when you do know those neighbors. So this is what that's going to do. Next door is going to connect you with your neighbors. So it's kind of hyper-local. Hyper-local. So yeah. how would this different, uh, differ than uh, Facebook? They've got uh, like communities and stuff that people form. Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, Nextdoor is really, first of all, built on trust. So it's about um, real people at real addresses. So, you know, I like to say sort of in Silicon Valley, um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, hyper fast growth for, for different platforms. At Nextdoor, on purpose, there's a lot of friction into the onboarding process. And what that means is we go out of our way to make sure that um, you are who you say you are. So make sure that you um, you do live at the address that you say at. And most times you're using your real name all the time on Nextdoor. So what this really does is it um, helps people be um, a better version of themselves online when you are who you say you are. So it encourages more healthier conversations and really more empathy as well. So I think that's that's the big one of the big uh, differences. The other um, difference is it's hyper hyper local. So um, because it's um, it's so trusted, you're really going to get the people um, you know in your direct neighborhood. It's going to connect you to local services and businesses recommendations. So it really is sort of by neighbors or neighbors uh, right in your immediate location. Um, and it's really like we say this, this term sort of uh, proximity over preference. So, you know, some other platforms that might be people that you already know. So friends or a network or relatives that you already have, but this is really about connecting to the people that live closest to you, whether or not you know them or not. And that's just going to make healthier communities at the end of the day. So walk me through how people get signed up for this. It's an app available mm-hmm. for Android and uh, the iPhone. That's what right. do people do once they've downloaded it? 
Yeah, so definitely download the app. You can also go to nextdoor.ca and, and go through the onboarding process there. Um, so wh- when you're at home and you download the app, you sign up and um, basically you're joining your neighborhood, your community. Um, what's really, really interesting about it is that you can post into nearby neighborhoods, so sort of a wider area, or you can post just to your neighborhood. So you're going to see all kinds of posts. And like I said, sort of in the early days, what we're seeing, I know in my neighborhood, is a lot of um, people asking for uh, local recommendations. So does anyone recommend a good plumber? Or, you know, um, you know, back east, does anyone recommend um, someone for snow removal? Getting a lot of that recently. Uh, also the place for, uh, for lost pets. Can people help me find my lost cat? What if I don't Uh, want to find my cat? (laughs) Can I post that? You've mentioned this before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, also the place to to share stuff like that. Um, So I think it's really also just a place um, where we find people who are new to the neighborhood and a lot of times new Canadians. It's a great way for them to get connected to really what's at the heart of their neighborhood. So you also see see people um, organizing around events. So Nextdoor is also really the platform where you're going to um, encourage um, not online, but offline connections. So it's actually, we're going to meet in person. Let's have an event. Uh, a lot of neighborhood organization happens on Nextdoor, essentially, which we love. In the early days of, uh, of Nextdoor Canada, a lot of these real-life interactions that have been really inspiring have been happening, which is amazing to see. So I signed up for it, yeah. and uh, already I see there's like seven people in my neighborhood, which is cool. But uh, throughout the onboarding or the sign-up process, it continually ask me to um, invite other neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I don't really know their phone numbers or email addresses? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, um, you, know, you, know, you, don't, you don't need to know their email addresses necessarily. You can also invite people. Uh, and the way that many Canadians are doing is just sending like friendly neighborly invites through the mail. So you can invite them and tell them that there's this new local platform and there's a code for them to sign up. And we've actually seen Canadians respond incredibly well to this. Probably, I think, one of the highest rates around the world in terms of just accepting these invitations. And some of the feedback that I've got is that um, why people are signing up is like, it just feels like a community-based thing. It's just like, you know, and also I think there's this, as we said earlier, there's this yearning sort of to connect with my neighbors. It's like, these are the things that really matter to me that are happening in my community. And we might be more connected than ever before to global issues and, you know, wider interests across the country, but are we really connected to the things that matter in our neighborhood? So that's why the response so far has been so great. I could see this being a a great thing for security as well. Like Mm -hmm. neighbors kind of keeping, uh, uh, check, you know, and check on each other if there's any, uh, you know, break-ins or anything like that. Yeah, and I've seen that in my neighborhood too, just sort of like friendly reminders that, you know, there's some break-ins in an in a adjacent neighborhood and it's a great way for people to kind of just give tips around safety. It's also really amazing in times of need. So at a, for an emergency situation, um, and we find that it's like a really quick way to kind of check on each other too in the neighborhood. So there's really that benefit as well. There's an emergency type of weather situation. How big are the neighborhoods? And who figures that out? Is that you? Do you you start drawing (laughs) lines on a map? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a a great question. Um, We actually worked with um, like mapping experts who actually helped uh, design the neighborhoods for Canada. And uh, one of the things they told me, which is really interesting, is that they have to be big enough so that if I am looking for a trusted recommendation around, you know, a plumber or, uh, you know, piano teacher for my child, that there's that available, but also small enough so that it feels local. 
So, um, and also the neighbors are a big part of in the early days defining what those boundaries are. So you may see when you join next door, you may see um, your neighborhood. And we've done this in a couple cases and you might say, hey, that doesn't quite feel right to me. It should be bigger or smaller. Like give us that feedback. And we're constantly taking in that feedback and sort of reshaping uh, the boundaries to make sure that they're, they're real and they're local. That's what we're all about. So. I, I see you can also sell stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I got to get rid of uh, the kids' old bikes, Yeah, exactly. So um, there's a section called for sale and free. And essentially this is like the, I guess they're like the digital version of leaving something out on, uh, on your walkway or leaving something at the curb. Right. So we've actually seen it uh, work incredibly well. And I know like a lot of the feedback we're getting from people too is like, yeah, there are other places where I can do that, but they're not hyper local or I'm getting a lot of people from far away from where I live. Yeah. And people don't feel as safe. Like with Craigslist, for example, people don't always feel safe having a stranger come in. Whereas, you know, I guess if it was a neighbor, you'd probably feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Very much similar to like a sort of like a garage sale type experience. So yeah, we see that is a, another uh, big use case for Nextdoor. How do you guys make money? Well, in Canada, it's all about community at this moment. Yeah. So there is no... Then bam, it's $50 for the app. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Completely free to use. Yeah. Uh, you won't see any ads on the platform. In other markets uh, in the US and around the world, there are specific uh, products that are very relevant and related to the community. Maybe so, a local restaurant ad or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. There are local deals. There's a specific real estate product. So, And what I would say too is that... Um, it's not a place just to run sort of like blind advertisements. It has to be neighborly and community oriented. So it has to be the right contextual fit to the platform. But at this stage in Canada, we're really just about building, building that community initially. We're talking with Christopher Doyle. He's the country manager for Nextdoor. It's a new app that gets you connected with your neighbors, kind of like Facebook, but even more hyper local, which I think is pretty cool. And again, free to download. Free to download, um, Nextdoor in the App Store. Uh, please check it out, download it, or nextdoor.ca is the place to find us. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good luck with everything. Thank you. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We still have lots to talk about on today's program. Uh, coming up in a bit, we'll be talking about the U.S. border and having them uh, search your iPhones and laptops while well, the U.S. judge has said that uh, that is wrong. And uh, we'll explain uh, what that's all about. Right now, though, I want to talk sneaker technology. We've got a great guest uh, from Vessi. His name is Tony Yu. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, we've uh, been big fans of uh, your shoes. You're uh, you know, a Canadian company. Uh, you're here in Vancouver. And what I love about uh, your, uh, your sneaker line, especially for Canada, especially for Vancouver, is that they're cool looking and they're also waterproof as well. Yeah, 100% waterproof, breathable. Uh, so you can actually wear this in the winter, in the snow, the slush, the mud. Uh, but then when it comes like to summertime, uh, it breathes. So it lets the heat um, wick and the sweat wick out from the shoe. What was your inspiration behind this? Just uh, being a Canadian? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, so there's three of us as co-founders and the three of us kind of came together. Um, Andy initially had the, this idea um, uh, with this technology, we all traveled a lot. So it was really like, what is this like one comfortable shoe that we could pack for the trip um, and not have to switch out, out in and out of these shoes, but you know, still stay protected from uh, Chicago weather or New York weather or Vancouver where it's uh, sunny in the morning and then it's uh, raining or snowing in the afternoon, right? So, Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, 
I first got a chance to try some of these out uh, at the beginning of the year uh, on uh, my European trip. I went to a bunch of different countries and uh, I packed a pair of Vessies and they were the best thing ever because uh, like you said, they're waterproof uh, and they're super light as well. Like, so if you are traveling, these things pack really nicely. Yeah, uh, they're actually the lightest waterproof shoes uh, in the world from what we've seen. Um, our small size um, is actually lighter than an iPhone. So really, when, yeah, when you slip it on, that's um, hilarious. It'll feel like a sock, but after a while, you'll forget you're actually wearing anything. So I mean, like, how does it feel on your feet right now? Oh, I, they're my favorite shoes. I, I think I wear them too much, actually, because they're, <laughs> they're just so comfortable. Yeah. I mean, they breathe as well. You know, a lot of things that are waterproof, like rubber boots, they don't breathe. Mm -hmm. But uh, these here, my feet never get hot, even in the summertime. Yeah, I mean, like part of that, like uh, inspiration behind creating was it was like, I mean, waterproof shoes exist on the market, like in the form of boots or hiking hiking shoes, but they're very rigid um, and they're not really that breathable. So creating something that felt like your Nike Flyknits um, or felt like any other knit shoe, uh, super lightweight, really comfortable, was like, how could we make that additionally waterproof and stretchy and, and breathable at the same time? So uh, we created it, the market loves it, uh, so yeah. Well, another interesting uh, component of all of this, uh, besides cool-looking waterproof uh, sneakers uh, slash shoes, I mean, you sell these all online mm -hmm. as well, yeah. which is kind of weird because you know you think with shoes you got to try them on, you know, in a store to make sure that they fit, but you don't have that. You're basically just put, give us your size and we'll send you the shoes. Uh, how how's that been? Has that worked? Uh, surprisingly, has worked really well. Um, so part of the construction of the shoes is. Uh, we only do full sizes because we've designed the shoe to mold to your foot. So if you're in between sizes, you're in ha your half size, it'll actually um, still form to your foot. So if uh, you're size nine, yes, nine and a half sometimes. Uh, actually, eight and a half, nine. Eight and a half, nine. So yep. a nine would fit you perfectly. So yep. uh, molding to your foot, the midsole uh, molds to the contour of your foot, and then the upper, which is uh, this top part of the shoe, um, because it's like a sock, it'll form and then at the same time give you the right support. Right? So, what um, what yeah, have um, what have been some of the challenges then uh, selling online? Like, because most places you just do a deal with some shoe stores and start sending them shoes, right? But what are some of the challenges just doing it direct? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the tricky part. Is our shoe is um, like you need to try it on before you you get a sense of like how unique they actually are yeah um just looking at them on the shelf they're designed to look like um a regular sneaker uh but it's that experience of putting it on uh, which is tricky so how do we convey that online well we we have a 60-day uh try on uh, uh free free shipping free returns policy uh that gives people the ability to you know try on a few different styles uh bring them home slip them on, wear them inside the house. Uh, don't, don't wear them outside because, <laughs> I mean, that's bad for business for us. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, get a sense of like, if you like the shoes and I mean, free, free shipping, free returns, um, all on us, yeah. We're talking with Tony Yu uh, from Vessi Footwear. What's the website address again? Yeah, so it's V-E-S-S-I -S -S and then F-O-O-T-W-E-A-R. 
So footwear. Fessyfootwear.com. Yep. Uh, if you haven't seen these things yet, they are amazing. I've been wearing them, uh, you know, almost a, a year now, and uh, I love them. They've got a, a number of different styles, and they're waterproof. Perfect for Canada. So Tony is also very kind in giving us a, uh, a promo code if you wanted to uh, try some of these uh, sneakers out. If uh, you do go to their site and purchase a pair, you can get 15% off uh, with the promo code GETCONNECTED2019. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike, John, and AJ here. Let's talk about the U.S. border. They've been uh, handing out bands like been going out of style. <laughs> it's uh, kind of a crazy time. Well, one of the concerns uh, that myself and many others have are our digital devices when we cross the border. It hasn't happened to me, but uh, many people have had their devices taken by the uh, the border patrol as you cross uh, into the U.S. to be searched. Uh, so they could take your iPhone or your laptop and go through it to see if there's any illegal things happening, whether that's uh, illegal counterfeit uh, films, TV shows, uh, child porn, or evidence of other misdealings. Mm-hmm. Well, good news and we'll talk about this, uh, a federal court in Boston has ruled that warrantless U.S. government searches of phones and laptops of international travelers, that's us, uh, violate the Fourth Amendment. So illegal. They have to have cause. Do you think this will change anything? <laughs> I'm going to be claiming the Fourth Amendment when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that's when the rubber glove Here's comes out. Here's your yeah, man. Yeah, that's when the rubber glove comes out. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you hope so, but it's just a question of whether or not those particular uh, border agents get the memo, right? Uh, Because that's the problem. I mean, they're just doing their job, and it's all about interpretation of the law and Mm. whether they perceive you to be a threat. Mm -hmm. So it all comes down to how that conversation goes when you have that with them as you're crossing the border, whether it's flying or driving, what have you. And... I have never had it happen, but I certainly have had people, I know I have a number of friends that haven't been to the US since the Trump administration because they're concerned about this stuff. And they're not even bad people, they're not doing anything bad, they just don't like the idea of the invasion of privacy that something like that unwarranted search would would bring with it. Well, uh, according uh, to a new a news report from NBC, the U.S. District Judge uh, named Denise Casper in Boston uh, ruled in a lawsuit brought on by 11 travelers that border guards need to be able to point to specific facts to justify searching someone's devices uh, for contraband. Yeah. Yeah, I think at a high level, um, if the um, message gets out to your point and that this has told, been told to uh, you know all the different sort of border crossing areas, whether the airports or actual physical drive-throughs or whatever ports, you name it. You know that to back off this particular activity, that's one thing. Um, trying to claim any sort of uh, Fourth Amendment or whatever when you're at the border in the process, when they're trying to ask to see your device, <laughs> you're on a downhill road. You're just, I'm telling don't, you, yeah, don't, yeah, not, yeah you're just, well, but quite often though, some people are, you know. Uh, business travelers, they might have confidential information or they're a lawyer or something mm-hmm. like that. And you can't just let any random border guard look yep. through your stuff because uh, who knows what's in there and you know, confidential you know, business stuff, um, that kind of thing. That can be very scary. And a lot of people will actually have like a work laptop and then a, like a burner laptop when they're traveling, right? And uh, so they don't have any of that sensitive information on there. But hopefully this change means that we can get back to sort of traveling normally across the North American borders that we 
know and love. I don't know. It's still it's still tricky. I'm like I'm reading all these news uh, reports now of guys and gals uh, getting these five-year bans for not really doing much of anything. And especially when it comes around things like cannabis, like mm-hmm. if they can figure out that you even work remotely in the industry somehow, uh, not a good thing. And, you know, you don't want to go across the border lying either. No. But, you know, you got to be careful. Don't volunteer information. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's unfortunately, there's no clear understanding. And I've talked, I've actually... Um, had conversations with immigration lawyers and asking them questions about sort of some of these things. And they said, you know, unfortunately there's really no clear defined um, rules for what they can or cannot do in some of this gray area. And so that's basically just defaulted to like, if you have any control over anything, don't do it. Don't bring the device with you. You know, not that you're going to do that, but yeah. So, I mean, for the listeners, when it comes to their digital devices, what's some advice like, don't put private information on there that you don't want people looking through because that could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a lot of times people will talk about, well, I'm going to just uninstall Facebook, for example, because I don't want to give them my Facebook password. Mm. I don't have it. I don't have it. Like, that's that's what they'll claim at the border. But, you know, the border people aren't dumb they're either. They're stupid. They're mm. going to just type in your name in Facebook and they're going to see the photo of you, you know, getting ready to go to the airport with your luggage yeah. and they're going to connect the dots. Yeah. Right. And they're going to force you to unlock that if there's a perceived mm. reason to. Um, but I think like you said, Mike, I think it's just basically common sense. If you have sensitive stuff that shouldn't be viewed by somebody else, take it off your device. Um, if there's a concern about, you know, copyright material or th- any, any reason for them to want to look at your device, just make sure it's not on your devices. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that could even be illegally downloaded TV shows and movies. Right. That's kind of scary. It is scary. Because a lot of people do that. Yes. When we come back from the break, uh, we will uh, be talking more tech. We'll be getting our Alexa skill of the week from John. So if you're one of the uh, Amazon uh, Echo speaker owners or have a device that has Amazon Alexa built in, and what doesn't nowadays, we've got a skill for you. You listen to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. I've got fellow uh, nerds, John and uh, AJ, joining me today. We're going to get to our uh, Amazon Alexa skill of the week. And it, it's kind of funny. I have Alexa everywhere now. <laughs> it's it's getting a little crazy because, you know, I originally had the little Amazon Echo speakers and the, the, uh, the dots. But all these connected devices you're buying now, they've got Amazon Alexa built into it. So like my thermostat has it built in, mm-hmm. my new light switches have it built in, my Sonos speaker has it built in. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I have to be careful. I have to shut off the Alexa feature in a lot of these because they all start going insane when you call for Alexa. Now. Oh. <laughs> like in my family room, there's literally five different devices that could answer. Wow. I was wondering how you manage that because I actually had to separate a couple speakers that were on the same floor, but close enough together that every once in a while the other one would get triggered or the wrong one would get triggered. And I don't want to change the wake word on different ones because then I got to remember what room am I in? What do I have to say? That kind of thing. You know what the most powerful one is? Uh, and it's actually in the kitchen is um, I've got a, a Sonos uh, Play 1 that has Alexa built into it. And it hears the wake word better than anything <laughs> that's even five feet away from me. I, I have a, uh, the original Echo Dot, like version 1, in my main bathroom so that, you know, when people are in the tub or whatever, they can have music playing and stuff. And 
And you can listen to them. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I say people, I you mean weirdo. Me. <laughs> um, but that one's probably the most remote one in my whole house. And I can literally trigger it from my garage. Like it's so sensitive to like, I think the original one had a lot of microphones in it or something like that. Like mm. a lot more powerful microphones. Oh, I see. And maybe they cheapened out on the later models, but it picks up everything. Mm. And it still works. And it still works. Yeah. Yeah. The moisture hasn't killed it yet. No. I've actually experimented. I'm, I'm running uh, two different types of speakers now. Okay. So I'm using the Google um, Home and the Alexa speaker. I, I am too. Oh, you are. Yeah. yeah. The Google yeah. Homes are spreading like like a plague. Yeah. They're well. coming in cereal boxes well, now. <laughs> well, it's just interesting because you can, um, um, I think there is a case where, where there might be a uh, place for both. I think so. Because if I want to search something on the internet, yeah. uh, Google, hands down. Yeah. If I want home automation, for me, uh, Alexa, hands down. Yeah. And right. like, if you want good knock-knock jokes, hands down, Google Home. <laughs> That's why you want to buy so- a Google Home. <laughs> the source of dad jokes. Yes. Yeah. Just saying, try Bambi it. Bambi and knock-knock jokes. <laughs> try it. <laughs> We've learned a lot about AJ today. Okay, so you've got a skill for us, John. I do, I do. So at least, well, I grew up in Ontario, and we used to have lots of thunderstorms. And it was nice to hear that rain and stuff like that when you're going to sleep we don't get so many thunderstorms in the vancouver area you get a lot of rain though you yeah. get a lot of rain <laughs> yeah. but not so much the thunderstorms you're right yeah so um there's actually a skill called thunderstorm sounds okay and you can open uh you can have alexis uh, launch this by saying alexa open thunderstorm sounds and you'll get some ambient sounds that will help you sleep, help you relax, and block out other sounds, say, while you're meditating. <laughs> and freak your dogs out. Yes. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, Can I tell you what happened when thunderstorms were in with Bambi? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a thunder stick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but so mm-hmm. these will all, there's a variety of sounds it plays, and it goes on for about an hour by default, but you can actually have Alexa loop them. Mm. And so how do you? Evoke it. Do you have to download the skill? Uh, no, you just say open thunderstorm sounds. So I'm going to activate this for people. Open. Uh, hey, Alexa, open thunderstorm sounds. There you go. Why did I say hey? Because you're thinking Google. Do you know what? When I go into my kitchen sometimes, because yeah. I've, got, I've got my iPhone with me, yeah. I've got a Google Home there, and yeah. I also have Sonos with Alexa built into it. I get confused. Oh, who to talk to? Who to talk to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Siri, like, open the fridge. You know, I've got three kids. Sometimes... <laughs> I mix up my kids yeah. when I'm trying to call them. <laughs> oh, of course. And, and now I'm mixing up Siri. I mean, Google. No, no, no. I meant Alexa, play yeah. something. Yeah. And I bet Alana loves that, your wife. She hates it. Yeah, because oh, she hates Because none of it ever devices. works when, it, when this, she needs it to. Yeah, this, the future is a nightmare for her. Okay, so um, the only voice that's recognized in our house is mine. So um, on the command, good night, Google, um, everything, it shuts down all the lights and locks the front door and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then at the very end, it says, good night, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, good night, Google. I love you. <laughs> and how does uh, your wife feel about she's that? Not, she's like, why doesn't it know my name? Like, oh, you, she don't, cares. you don't want it to know your name. She's like, yeah, you're right. I don't. But it does. <laughs> oh, you got you to gotta program something in. Yeah. Some weird message. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good night, Leanne. I like what you're wearing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> just to confirm your social insurance number is 725. <laughs> <laughs> To be clear, if your smart speaker does ask you for your social security number. <laughs> do yeah. not. Do not give it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's all the time we have left. You have to listen to our sister show. It's called The App Show. It's on every Sunday here on uh, Global News Radio, CKNW 980, and across the uh, Chorus Radio Network. 
tomorrow uh, we will be talking more about the different streaming services. Uh, also, the government is potentially going to be taxing all our digital and streaming services. We'll find out what uh, that could mean for us. And we're going to have a TikTok lesson. Do you even know what TikTok is? I will tomorrow. (laughs) 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 Want to thank uh, all the folks that helped put the show together. The Get Connected team. You can visit us at getconnectedmedia.com and see our video podcast of the show as well. You can see how handsome or unhandsome we, we are. This is Mike, AJ, and John logging off for Get Connected. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.